0: Hi, this is Jordan Shively. And this is Brock Roeber. And you're listening to Carrying Into the Void, the podcast where we get together, tell each other about a weird or maybe dark historical story we've heard, and then we try and find the silver lining or flip it into something while possibly not positive will at least be productive or vice versa. We don't know anymore. How you doing today, Brock?
1: <laughs> what is positivity? I think we're doing it. I think we're doing a pretty good job.
0: Did we do a positive?
1: I, I Yeah, I think we're you and I are both keeping our heads above water, and we're going to keep spreading that to people. And uh, I uh, I stopped blackpilling myself a couple weeks ago, so really getting through.
0: That's always good, you know, when you don't blackpill yourself.
1: I, th- I think that's something that I thought about a lot when we were on our hiatus was I, I was reading pieces about... Uh, Positivity and how, like, there is such a thing as toxic positivity, which is telling people, like, everything's going to be fine and we're all going to get through things. And I was like, I'm glad that we don't do that. You can tell people, like, <laughs> you know, you, you can do this and I believe in you and, you know, give it your best shot. And I think that that's what we do. And we never tell anyone, like, everything's actually fine and you're wrong.
0: Our version is more like, you know, that mouthful of blood and broken teeth? Spit that in their face. <laughs>
1: Or is is our positivity just revenge? We might just be a revenge no. podcast. Oh no! no. <laughs> I didn't notice until episode 32-ish.
0: <laughs> In the show notes it's always about like shackles and bandsaws, man. Like I can't believe you didn't notice that.
1: Uh I I am not smart. It's it
0: takes me some time sometimes.
1: Wow. Oh no.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that Amazon wish list is, should have been a key a key tip-off. Oh no. Packing tape, plastic sheeting. All right. What's your story for the- <laughs> <laughs> So my story today has a trigger warning about animal mistreatment, just in case that is something that really triggers you. It doesn't go into great detail, but it does have animals and people are not nice to them. So this story is called The Red Ghost of Arizona. It's one of those classics of the Old West Southwestern tall tales. And whatever version of the story you might have heard, most historians agree that it started one night in the spring of 1883. There was a cabin in the desert where two women and their family lived on their homestead. The other members of the family had left to run errands, and they were alone with their children. One of the women finally decided she needed to get water, despite them both being reticent to go outside at night. This was a time when they were feeling the repercussions of white people attempting to steal the rightful land of the First Nations. But she went outside anyway, and, what, and she was gone for so long that they were, the woman started to worry about her. But then she heard a huge commotion and screaming and moaning and thrashing outside. And when she looked out the window, she saw something enormous in red, ridden by the devil. I mean, yeah goes right by and she was so terrifying she didn't even go out to check on the lady she has locked the doors and hid with the children how do you know when something's written by the devil do you just feel it ridden oh ridden okay yeah ridden like the devil was riding it like like a horse gotcha i thought she saw some unpleasant handwriting and was like (laughs) oh "Oh, that's written by the devil she saw a huge red beast go by being ridden by the devil gotcha and, she, and, and this so scared her that she's like, fuck that lady. I'm going to hide in here with the kids. Um, fuck, fuck my sister-in-law. You know, I'll, t- I'll explain it somehow. When the other family members finally returned, they went out to look for the woman. They're like, you didn't go fucking look for her? <laughs> and they found her, they, they found her dead, horribly battered and broken, almost beyond recognition, as if she had been trampled by some enormous beast. And all around her body were hoof prints much larger than any horse, in tufts of red hair. So, with the accounts of the devil-mounted red beast from the remaining woman and the obvious mysterious death, they quickly put two and two together. And while officially the woman's death was classified as death in some manner unknown, it rapidly became attributed to the red ghost. I absolutely
1: want to be written up as uh, the death... Unknown in some manner
0: Death in some manner unknown.
1: It sounds like a great book title for you. I think you should run with that.
0: <laughs> like parts unknown, but death. Yeah <laughs> manner unknown. And that was just the beginning of its reign of terror. It was said to attack miners in their tents, trampling them, and to kill horses in the night. And it's said to have tattered wings that flout from its back, and to emit a horrifying moaning as it would go by. And this kept people on for years. People continue to see this enormous Cliff Hoven animal and its phantom rider running through the desert. And yes, I said Cliff Hoven, not Cloven hoofed. Um, <laughs> And it might have stayed this way. The Legend of the Red Ghost or the Fantasia Colorado. Ooh. If not for. Yeah, that's, that's that's the fancy name for it. If not for several events that all shed light on this mystery. First was the account of Cyrus Hamblin, who, as he was riding the ravines of his land, saw some sort of large red animal shuffling through the ravines. But instead of running away, as you might think after all the stories, Cyrus crept closer until he could make out something perhaps just as startling as a ghost. A huge red camel. He tried to get closer for a better look, but the creature took off but not before he claims to have seen something tied to its back. That's a camel. It's just camels. They have a thing on their back. (laughs) Wait, wait. There was like these two large things tied to its back. Oh, my God. Um, A few weeks later, a group of armed miners said they came across the beast and shot it several times, but to no avail. But, but you need people that fled, work in a
1: mine or children there's a lot of a lot of words here that <laughs>
0: i feel i feel like these are like like you know like old peat miners you know like <laughs> out in, out in Arizona Colorado you know mining the seams they came they shot it several times and as it fled it dropped something a human skull with shreds of dried flesh and hair still clinging to it
1: oh my god now
0: now you think this might just strengthen the devil ridden hellmount story because, why can't the devil ride around on a camel throwing skulls at people if they wanted to? Except for one fact that existed at this time the US Camel Corps. So, at one point, the Army thought it had been a great idea to start a camel corps for their desert troops. You good idea, right? They're, they're, on paper, they're animals, they're better than horses in the desert, right? But the Army had not factored in operator error and stupidity. Camels weren't docile, like mules and horses they were used to. In fact, they were aggressive and temperamental if they were mistreated. And the army was not able to get their cavalry properly trained in a way that worked. So the whole project flopped and was disbanded in 1863. The camels were sold off to miners, killed, or just released into the desert, where they, of course, didn't die. They're camels. Which brings us back to this seemingly impossible sighting of a huge camel that dropped a skull. The skull, was when examined, was determined to have strips of rawhide attached to it, which seemingly had been used to fasten it, and possibly an attendant corpse, to the back of the camel.
1: This is incredible. Whether,
0: yeah. Whether the body had been alive at the time of its loading onto the camel or not remained a mystery, and an article in the Mojave County Minor sums up their thoughts at the time. This is, I quote, The only question is whether the man was tied on for revenge or merely as an ugly piece of humor by someone who had a camel and a corpse for which they had no use. Because that's such a common prank, you know, the old corpse, corpse camel. for which you have no use. No use. As opposed to all of us who have many uses for the corpses we have.
1: I don't think you can make that joke. You, I, I, you are surrounded by bones right now. You put them into the
0: mail all the time. You're on a watch list. I don't know. And even knowing that this was most likely a derelict camel... <laughs> I mean, it was, it, well, it was, but people still like a ghost story. The sightings of the red ghost continued for many years until its last official reported encounter, which was on February 25th, 1893, in another edition of the apparently very popular Mojave County Minor paper that reads, Another ghost is laid. Another of the gaunt hobgoblins that keep the romance of the mysterious southern deserts is gone. Another of the unearthly dangers that mothers used to pray against has departed. Mizu Hastings of Orr was the priest that exorcised this phantom. Mizzou has a ranch a little above the gold camp of the San Francisco River. He woke up one morning and saw through the window of his cabin a big red camel banqueting on his turnip patch. Mizzou took a dead rest on the window sill and blazed away. He got the camel. When he went out to examine the beast, he found that he was all scarred up and evidently had a very hard time. He was covered with a perfect network of knotted rawhide strips. They had been on him for so long that some of the strands had cut their way into the flesh and had grown into him. So that's the whole quote. This is a pretty tragic end to what seems to have been at first a fun ghost story. I guess in this case, the real evil really was man all along. And the specter, just a poor camel that was driven vicious by abuse and neglect. Or perhaps an amalgam of all the forsaken dr- dromedaries of that desert, together taking their revenge on the ones who had so callously abandoned them. And that is the Red Ghost.
1: So a couple of things. Another, another ghost is laid. Uh, definitely sounds like some of your smut. Uh, please uh, subscribe to Jordan's Patreon. Uh, <laughs> I, the reason I know about the camel core... Uh, which I'm losing my mind about over here, is that I have an uncle, my mom's brother. Uh, He is just dead-faced. He does not think anything is good or funny. He has never enjoyed anything in his life. There is one thing that he enjoys, and it is a 1976 slapstick comedy called Humps. Not Humps, Humps. Uh, which tells the story of the camel Corps, And it's mostly just like dudes getting kicked by camels. And whenever he watches it, he like choke laughs through the entire thing. It is not a fun or good movie, but I remember <laughs> growing up with this. And so when you were like getting into the camel, I was like, no, this, this can't be like a really tragic version of that dumb, dumb movie I watched. And it is wonderful.
0: Yep. And just running around with a corpse on its back.
1: You, you want to hope that like the the guy on the back definitely like was shot by somebody
0: and not was put there as a prank. Like, <laughs> or what you actually hope is somehow the camel put him there. It was running and was running around like, "Hey fuckers, this is your warning. We no more of this shit. Look, look what I got on my back. This is what happens." <laughs> that, that, that that that's that that's that's the dream. What's your to killing? run around with, with with the corpse of your enemy on your back? Um, so. The carrying into the void moment for this is you may have started out bound to the dead, stinking corpse of your past, but it will not always be so. You are passing over the barren earth of your mistakes or the mistakes of others, your legs and possibly long as they eat up the miles towards a day where that corpse has become so light that it just falls away and you will bellow your victory into the night. And even as the moon silvers your cross tracks of scars that mark the days and years it took you to get here, you will know that you outlasted that which would have made you a beast of burden. You are free. And in fact, always have been. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so what you got? I'm just stuck on yours.
1: That was fantastic.
0: <laughs> That's one of my all time favorites. If you have a ghost donkey, this is gonna be really awkward. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, okay. So mine also, uh, involves some trigger warnings for animal abuse, uh, and, uh, other forms of abuse. Uh, this one is one that I, uh, set down more than a year ago and was like, I'm going to do this one because I found it so fascinating. It's a little outside of our normal realm and it is a bit long for the podcast. So I'm just going to blast through it. Um, this is the story of an escape artist, uh, this story was written up in like the New York Times and other places. It was a national manhunt, uh, but the Riverfront Times of St. Louis wrote it up because it's a Missouri story. And uh, the way it was written, uh, which I've, I've mostly just borrowed paragraphs from it, uh, you can tell that it is a journalist that is trying to do journalism, but is also like, I cannot believe each sentence that I am writing. So the wording of it helps make it and, and the length of it is also sort of the point. Uh, so here we go. Uh, Travis Lee Davis, the 30 year old squirrel poacher from rural Missouri was still on the run this morning after escaping a jail from Sedona last weekend and later stealing a police car 350 miles south in Oklahoma. The wiry 150 pounder with the eye of Providence tattooed on his throat is the subject of a multi-state manhunt. Authorities say he is dangerous and tough to hold. Now I am Skyping you a, uh, a picture of him because I, I oh. need you to see.
0: Yeah, because I also was immediately like, Fucking badass eye of Providence. Oh, that's not a very good tattoo. It's it's not. It is truly yeah, the entirety it's, it's, of his it's, neck. Yep, yeah, and it's also not very well done. I was thinking, right. like, bad, badass wizard tattoo, like an eye, maybe some occult symbols. But no, this is a meth dealer with an eye on his neck. Absolutely. So... Uh, Davis has a long
1: history of running, fighting, and sometimes escaping the police. In 2012, a Missouri Department of Conservation agent described tracking him around Morgan County in a wildlife poaching investigation. In a freezer that belonged to the family of Davis's girlfriend, investigators found deer meat, a raccoon, and seven squirrels, according to court records. When they came for Davis, he had to, they had to chase him through the woods before taking him into custody. In 2015, Sedalia cops checking warrants spotted Davis in a house. As soon as he saw them, he shouted, These guys don't know me! And he ran upstairs, police say. He smashed out an upstairs window and started climbing down the wall before he spotted another officer and crawled back inside. One of the cops fell through a floor on on the porch as they hunted inside the house. Davis busted through another spot in the floor, and eventually they found him hiding under a bed. He has not slowed down in recent years, according to court records. In February alone, he scrambled away from Sedalia Cops on two separate occasions, authorities say. Officers tried to serve a warrant for parole violations, managed to catch him on February 1st, but he seemed to be suffering an overdose. So they sent him to the hospital. Before they could rearrest him, he had taken off. They tried again. On February 7th, after receiving a tip about his location, by the time the officers arrived, he had already driven away in a black minivan with Georgia plates. Officers spotted him shortly after and chased him with their lights and sirens going, Davis sped away, crashed and ran, please say. He then kidnapped his girlfriend and threatened to shoot a baby. Police found him again and reportedly deployed the entire charge of a taser into his body, but it had no effect. They wrestled him to the ground, back to jail. Jailers jailers in Sedalia first noticed Davis missing from cell 2G3 during routine checks on Sunday afternoon, authorities say. Surveillance footage and inmate witnesses revealed that he had climbed into the ceiling on Saturday night, scurried across the rafters, and slipped through a hole in a concrete wall, according to a probable cause statement. He is then believed to have climbed into a maintenance closet, leading to an exterior door. From there, investigators think, he skipped out onto the street and ran. His travels in the days that followed are hazy, but he surfaced early Wednesday morning in Choctaw Travel Plaza, a combination gas station and casino run by the American Indian tribe in the small town of Heavener, Oklahoma. Heavener cops and tribal police responded after a woman told casino employees Davis had kidnapped her. She claimed she had slipped away after he fell asleep in the car. After a brief struggle, officers were able to cuff the elusive escapee and put him into the caged back seat of a Heavener police car. But as officers interviewed the woman, Davis somehow managed to work his hands from behind his back to the front, force open a small panel in the back seat cage, and wriggle through an opening of less than two feet into the front seat. Quote, he's a skinny little dude, so he just crawled through the portion of the cage and was able to get in the front, end quote, says Seal, the county sheriff, whose department also responded. The patrol car, a Dodge Charger, was still running, and Davis gunned it out of the parking lot. He made it less than two miles before veering off the road and slamming into a tree. Even that did not stop Davis, who bolted and ran. He was still in the wind this morning. Seal says it is possible he boarded a passing freight train. There is a hub for Kansas City Southern Railway nearby. Quote, we have people jump onto those trains off Heavener all the time. End quote. Shortly after the patrol car crash, a tipster reported seeing a white man riding on the side of a boxcar about halfway down the long train. Law enforcement were able to stop the train about 35 miles to the north in Gans, Oklahoma. They searched the train and did not find Davis. The case took another strange twist when investigators took a closer look at Davis's time in the Choctaw Travel Plaza. The victim alleging the kidnapping was shown on a surveillance video gambling in the casino area more than two hours before calling the police. Seal identified the woman as Hearst, the girlfriend Davis is accused of holding hostage before his arrest a month earlier. Seal now believes Hurst was was not a kidnapping victim, but an accomplice in the escapee's flight from Missouri. This story was filed on March 18, 2019. On March 19th, Travis Lee Davis was discovered hiding in a family's garage. He was arrested after putting up, quote, some resistance, end quote. While the manhunt of that day was on, police got a tip of someone who looked like Davis. It was not Davis. Police shot and killed this stranger during their attempted arrest. So Davis's final escape act was dodging a bullet meant for him. He is currently in jail. So the carrying into the void is this. Nothing can hold you. You are not meant for this prison. When you feel the the walls, trick the walls. When you see the bars, remake yourself and slither through them in your new form. When you are supposed to travel in one direction, steal the conveyance and crash it into a tree. When they tell you to stay... Prove your commitment to hijacking the impossible. Keep going, even when it seems farcical. No one can dictate the length of your story, and no force can contain your spirit.
0: That's crazy, and you could tell that that writer was like so jazzed to get that last line.
1: That that was that was absolutely yes. me. The journalist did not write that in a serious newspaper. <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> Can you imagine if the AP wrote stories like this? <laughs> and that's why we're all fucked, anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, that those kind of stories made me th- immediately made me think that there's some kind of like urban occultness that exists. You know, like that this guy is actually doing something some kind of something that makes him be able to do these things
1: that that guy wished on a monkey's paw or has some sort of voodoo something yeah absolutely no human should be able to do it that many times (laughs)
0: like he has like a crossroads demon pact or something going on yeah do you have a self-care uh
1: i i think my self-care was that uh So I bought the new Doom game, uh, Doom Eternal that came out. Brand new Doom (laughs) game. Excited to play it. My self-care is Doom. (laughs) Yeah. uh, What else are we going to do, bud? Uh, But when it came out, uh, the the special edition came with a copy of Doom 64, which is the Nintendo 64 version of Doom. Uh, And I'd always just thought, like, oh, it came out like three years after Doom. Like, they basically figured out how to run it on a Nintendo 64. That's what it is. No, uh, it is basically the the game doom from 93 that I've played thousands of times in my life taking all the elements of that and it's a completely different game with wild ideas and puzzles and and completely different things and it 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 inspired the set of joy in me that must be what, what most people feel with like a Mario maker where it's like this is a very familiar thing and I I like I don't need to play Mario 3 anymore uh, but like wow we've remixed it and there's all these things and it's been sitting there for like 25 years uh and now i just keep playing that instead of playing the brand new game that i spent all the money for this costs like 4 bucks <laughs> it's just like okay so i'm i'm real into this uh, this thing and i'm trying to seek uh similar things elsewhere i'm reading books that are by authors that i like that i wouldn't normally sit down to explore their stuff but i'm like oh i remember how much i like that let's see more in that vein instead of trying to find something new and random so uh y- yeah, that's that's kind of me. I've, I've found uh, a familiar space and I am pursuing new things uh, tangential to that space.
0: For me, I think it's been like with all this time where people are kind of like really focusing on like it's a good thing about like checking in on people. But I think you need to like we need to make sure we know ourselves. And if you're feeling pressured by that need to always be checking in on people, take a day off from it, you know, from that responsibility of those people's wellness.
1: Sometimes it's hard to ask people to reevaluate their entire life. Like it's, yeah. it, it asks more of them than it gives them.
0: Yeah, and like, yeah, it, I'm not saying don't care for people, but also care for yourself in a way that like steal a little bit of norm- normalcy. Because constantly checking in on people is not a normal thing in our lives anymore. So you're doing this foreign alien thing, which is a stress in itself. You know, you probably have a list. I, I have a list of people with like... I text every couple days, you know, you're still alive, you know, and that is a stressful thing to do, you know? So just take a day where you, Because if you don't get an answer, that's bad. Yeah. Take a day where you eat pizza and play video games and just think about yourself and having fun, make yourself a priority.
1: Uh, my, my sharing into the void for this uh, today is uh, the works of Grady Hendrix. Uh, got his new book, the Southern uh, book club's guide to slaying vampires. Uh, I I have never read Grady's work before, but people keep gifting me various books of his. So it's one of those things like, okay, I I know the brand. I should just get on board and uh, very well worth it.
0: The title sounds good. Yeah. My um, signal boost is there is a Navajo and Hopi families COVID-19 relief fund on GoFundMe. And it says in their first entering paragraph, the Navajo Nation and the Hopi Reservation or extreme food deserts, with only 13 grocery stores on Navajo to serve some 880,000 people and only three small grocery marts on Hopi to serve 3,000 people. These communities also have high numbers of elderly, diabetic, asthmatic, and cancer-afflicted high-risk individuals. So this is a relief fund that's set up to, like, this whole stay-at-home thing doesn't really work when you you don't have anything close that will deliver to you or an easy way to get food because these places are going to be crowded no matter what. So this is a, a fund to help all around relief for the Navajo and Hopi families. Um, the, the link will be in the show notes, but also you can just search Navajo and Hopi families COVID-19 relief fund on the GoFundMe website or look in our show notes for a link. It's been good.
1: I like this episode. Good episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I definitely think that dude was like a, a meth wizard or something. Oh, he's absolutely on meth. Yes, and a, possibly an occult. Yeah,
1: occult meth. And and a shitty person. in, in general. Oh yeah, like, not, per, not a hero, but at, uh, no, yeah. just at, uh, at first I was a story. like, oh,
0: this is going to be like a crazy escape guy. I'm like, oh, this is a piece of shit. Okay, now nah, oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. is some <laughs> shitty stuffs happening now.
1: That's why it sat on the shelf for a year. Was like, should I tell the story of somebody that absolutely sucks ass? And it's a it's an odd enough thing that it fits.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll sign off here until next week. Um, Where can we find you on the internet and what you're doing right now? Uh, I'm at Brock Wilbur
1: on all social media sites. Uh, I have a book out from Boss Fight Books called Postal. Uh, You can order that online. I would appreciate if you let me know if you enjoy it. That's nice.
0: Jordan, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on jordanshidley.com, which has links to my Patreon where I write smut and send out weird, creepy letters to you. Um, I also am on Twitter at, at hottest singles, where I write more weird stuff. And I sell t-shirts online at voidmerch.net.
1: It would be more fascinating if you were like, and also there's this account where I'm just like a total goddamn normie. Like there's absolutely nothing
0: I there. I have that one, that but no one knows about it. <laughs> It's like a it's like a ghost town account. All right. Well, I guess we'll see each other next week or whenever we record again cuz we can't promise weekly cuz we don't want to. Um so remember until then, keep your heart stark and true and your teeth sharp and many. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.